Hello and welcome to Two Bald Men and Friend, the show where we talk about issues and ideas using pop culture as the springboard. I'm your host, Joe, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Alex. Bonjour. And today we are joined by our friend, Steph. Hello. Today we're talking about I Am Legend and Apocalypse movies. So spoiler alert for I Am Legend. Sit back, relax, or if you're driving, please sit upright and continue to drive vigilantly. So, Steph, thanks for uh, joining us today. Hey, guys. Glad to be here. Um, Before we let you tell our guests a little bit about yourself, um, I'd like to thank you on air for designing our beautiful new logo. Oh, my gosh. You guys are so welcome. I'm just glad you liked it. How couldn't we like it? It was so good. I'm really glad that that we had someone to do this because (laughs) by no means... Uh, the first, the original logo, also phenomenal. We love it so much. It's definitely Joe, iconic. Joe <laughs> was the designer of our first logo. It is bad. <laughs> <laughs> I loved the little uh, little facial hairs you guys put yeah. on in there. <laughs> I think we made it on, like, paint. Yeah, it was, like, MS Paint or whatever <laughs> we could get our hands on. <laughs> And I think, uh, Steph, your logo is a step in the right direction. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she did stand on the shoulders of giants. Uh, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so true, you guys. Um, also, Steph, in addition to being a wonderful artist, uh, you're also uh, playing through the flu right now. Well, it's a cold. So, um, I am indeed sick. I have a cold. It's I wouldn't say it's the worst cold I ever had, but it's like on top of headaches and always tired and so it's all it's rough and and I have this opinion about the cold because when you have a cold, you're still like expected to go to work, to be mm-hmm. fully functional, <laughs> to like do all the things you would do normally, but you just feel terrible. On as opposed to where you're like, quote, really sick, you get to kind of just have a sick day and relax. Ah, so like cold is like the cusp of you still have to do your adult responsibilities. Yeah. So it and does make I don't it the like worst. It. No, <laughs> yeah. You shouldn't. No, yeah, that's a really uh, good outlook on it. Yeah. <laughs> or a, a, an interesting perspective, I'll say. <laughs> Uh, just um, go about your regular business feeling. Yeah, but like you're a real trooper, and we appreciate you being on the show today. Thanks, guys. I apologize for all the probably sniffling and coughing that uh, will be happening. Yeah, I'll try to edit some of it out, but <laughs> it's going to be pretty unlikely. We've already had plenty of coughing. <laughs> yeah. So, Steph, uh, do you think you can give us a synopsis of the movie I Am Legend? Yes, I can. Um, So, I Am Legend is an apocalypse movie where a virus turns people into human-eating mutants um, who can't go in the sunlight, while Will Smith, uh, as Robert someone or other, tries to find the cure. Well said. Um, Steph, do you think you have that virus? Because I'm starting to realize that you're sick. The premise of the movie is that people get sick. Oh, no. How do you, like, really feel? Well, I feel literally terrible, but I don't think my mind is going. Like, I don't think I have any, like, bloodlust or anything. But I will say that if I am turning, thank God I'm the first one, because I don't want (laughs) to. I wouldn't want to (laughs) be. 
you want to be patient zero. Yeah, definitely want to be patient zero. Again, an interesting perspective. <laughs> I think she's on to something. Yeah. Yeah. I won't say it's wrong. <laughs> um, I'll point out that Will Smith's character also happened to be in the military and happened to be a scientist. So he was the perfect uh, last survivor, quote-unquote, because he's diligent in keeping notes, uh, tracking his records, and has the ability to look for a cure. Mm-hmm. Um, he also had a lab in his house's basement, or did he set that up post-apocalypse? I'm not confident. Okay. Um, and because like the barricades on the walls as well, I don't know if he had to build that post-apocalypse or if the house just happened to have that. Yeah. Um, but he There's de- definitely people in the world who already have that. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're ready. He could be one of those. <laughs> um, and he, being in the military, did have a head start in knowing what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So maybe he planned ahead. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, so I think we can shift to giving our ratings. Um, so we'll give our fan ratings first. I'm going to give this movie four stars because I think Will Smith gives a really, really great performance. Um, I think the storytelling is good, but there are some hiccups and uh, the effects are cool. Um, So I'm going to give it a four because I enjoy it, but I think there's a lot of ways this movie could have been improved. Hmm. Um. I'm going to give I Am Legend a three. Uh, I definitely enjoyed the first half, and I thought the first mm-hmm. half was very strong. Um, but as soon as he wasn't the only person alive, um, it kind of went downhill for me because he was the best actor out of the three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so he was carrying the film, which was great. He could until he had to carry the film for more people. And that definitely brought it down for me. So as a fan, I was in suspense and suspense. And then suddenly the monsters didn't seem so scary. The stakes didn't seem uh, very uh, logistical or I didn't care for them anymore. And uh, so, I, yeah. Uh, As a fan, I think I'd also give it a three. Um, I did think it was um, very good. I was engaged the whole time. I was definitely uh, into, like, aware, how are they going to get out of this? Uh, um, And I also liked that the zombies or the mutants had, they weren't just your, your average, like, slow walking, brainless. They had still, like, kind of their wits about them a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. But, in general, I was scared, and I don't like to be scared, and therefore, um, it it made me want to watch it less. Fair reasoning. Yeah. <laughs> um, as a critic, I'm going to keep it as a four for basically the same reasons. Um, <laughs> Interestingly, as a critic, I'm going to give it three stars, but for different reasons. Because as I was uh, reading about the making of this movie and all of the hiccups, I was very impressed with what they succeeded in, and I was going to give it a four. And then I went back to the storytelling, and I saw the potential that it had based Mm -hmm. on all of the research that they did, and it sort of felt like, oh, you could have done more, 
And so I brought it back down to a three. Mm. Um, critically, I also gave it a four. I thought it was... Um, uh, although then I did hear what you had been saying about they had an alternate ending, which I thought... Mm. M- I guess that potential made me think, oh, this is really good. <laughs> so... Um, but in general, I thought it was uh, very aesthetically pleasing. I thought it looked very good, and um, I was interested the whole time. Yeah, uh, it's definitely an interesting movie. Um, I think we're gonna mostly spend time on how we could have improved it, but I would say like this movie is not bad. Like definitely worth a watch. It's streaming now on Netflix, so yeah, you it's... can go watch it right now if you have a Netflix account. Just pause it. I can give you my Netflix account. Uh, the email <laughs> is Johnny underscore nine one. No, I gotta. <laughs> um, I was like, "Wow, is he really doing this?" <laughs> That's dedication. Uh, I felt like the first half of the movie had a very a quiet place esque feel mm-hmm. to it, and of course, a quiet place came after, like years after, um, and. The solitude and was what I really enjoyed. Will Smith's performance as the last man on Earth. How does he cope with that? Mm-hmm. Um, he had a rigid schedule every single day. Uh, he talked to mannequins. He had conversations with his dog that sort of show what he has had to do in order to stay sane. And I was and there's clear signs that he is on the brink of. As sane as you can be when you're isolated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I totally agree with what you said during the rating of the first half of the movie is great. Um, I think Will Smith by himself, Will Smith hunting wild animals in a deserted Manhattan, Will Smith talking to mannequins that he set up is such an interesting concept that I don't understand why it wasn't the whole movie. I thought they, I definitely thought they nailed the loneliness aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I guess that's all I had to say. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, watching it again, um, this was the first time I rewatched it in a couple years, and the only thing I could remember was how much I enjoyed the opening half, and I was like, I remember once the other people show up, I wasn't as into it. This watch around, I feel like Will Smith by himself is a really interesting idea, and someone who's been isolated for as long as he is, having to relearn how to deal with people is also an interesting idea. Mm -hmm. And I don't think the movie mixed them as well as it could have. Right, I agree. It's kind of like, um, I'm thinking of Castaway, Mm -hmm. uh, the, the sort of experience that Tom Hanks went through does Castaway end, like, when he gets back? He, um... Or do we have to watch him get integrated? He... I don't know how long he's back, but he definitely gets back and, like, goes and sees his wife. And yeah. then, like, wanders off after that interaction. So I don't know if we actually see him interacting with a whole bunch of people. But there's definitely a sense of... They show, like, this is going to be tough for him to mm-hmm. get reintegrated. Have in, you guys... In Castaway or in I Am Legend? In, ta- in Castaway. Okay. Have you guys read the book um, Hatchet? No, but no. it was a big deal. I remember everyone talking about it when I was, like, young. 
Yeah, it was uh, one of the books I read in middle school. And the premise is this kid gets stranded in the wilderness and all he has to survive is a hatchet. And he he makes it work. Yeah, that's the name of the book. That's the, yeah, roll credits. <laughs> um, and they he makes it work and he gets rescued. And apparently... We didn't read it um, in class, but my teacher was like, yeah, this is a, a series of books. And basically, after the first one is like him getting reintegrated. And then after that is him being like, I can't do this. I'm going to go back to live in the woods. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. So I'm curious um, if, let's say, Will Smith, they had really honed in on the last man kind of direction. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you have liked to see happen to him? Like, would he have trucked through and succeeded? Would he have been like, this is my life until he eventually gets beaten? Because that seems like the only logical, like, outcome. Like, what would have been that movie? Um, I think I would have liked to see less flashbacks of, like, what the world was like before the apocalypse. But we can get the clues of the mutants and that he's working on a cure and then I think aside from him protecting the other two survivors I think him having some sort of climactic battle and he eventually is like you know what like this is how I die I think I'm fine like it's not it's it's sad because he dies but he's kind of like relieved because he's like okay like now now I'm I'm just gonna let everything be over, like mm-hmm. and like right. he lets the mutants take him. That seems like what would have happened if the people didn't come in, right? Yeah. Like he he took out a whole bunch of them with his car, and then he was about to go out, but then the movie isn't over. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think if they didn't introduce the new uh, immune people, they could have had a slower reveal that the mutants were sentient. Mm -hmm. Um, We could have been scared by them a little bit longer of these people can't really think and they're completely taken over by their id and they just attack for the sake of attacking. I think the first sign is when the, the leader of one of the mutant packs screams when he like shows his face into sunlight, gets slightly burned to scream at Will Smith and then retreats. And Will Smith um, talks about it in his documentation, and he's like, it's possible that they're losing a lot of their instinct even for survival. But you could see in his face like that there could be something more. Mm-hmm. And then the next time, the mutants set up a trap for him. Whereas I feel like there could have been things in between, again, of slow revelation of, wow, they can think. They are more than just beasts. Mm -hmm. Um, And then sort of climactically get to, I just got booby-trapped the same way I booby-trapped them. Mm -hmm. Um, Some listeners might know this is based on a book. Um, I haven't read it because reading's for chumps. Um, (laughs) But I think that is somewhat what the book gets at, I think that's more along the lines of uh, what happens in the book. Um, What I read about the book is that the mutants are a lot more Mm vampire-like. Like, the fact that they didn't like the sun 
they didn't like garlic and they didn't like their reflection or they didn't have one or something like that. So I found hmm. that interesting too. That is interesting. Uh, going back to to what I liked about the movie, the first time Will Smith goes into the darkness because mm-hmm. his dog ran in, phenomenal. I was terrified. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I would have wanted more of that if we only had in isolation. Come up with more reasons for him to have to go into the dark. Um, and then and then see how that plays out. Yeah, the scene where he uh, he has his gun and there's a flashlight and he like shines it into a room and there's just a huddle of uh, them like not looking at him, but so holy shit! <laughs> uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about it. Like, that it's just really cool. Is terrifying. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> no, no, yeah, I agree. And I already mentioned that the the mutants set up a booby trap for him. The fact that they moved a mannequin knowing that he's attached to his mannequins was to me slightly hilarious um he comes out of his car and he's just screaming fred fred you tell me if you're alive fred (laughs) i do love will smith screaming in this um back to the uh other immune survivors i thought it was such a great scene when she is talking about this survivor colony, but Will Smith is so grief-strucken, and he's like, no, this can't all be for nothing. He, like, breaks a plate, and he's like, no, everybody's dead. Everybody's dead. Yeah, and you see sort of in his voice, like, they better all be dead. Otherwise, I've been in isolation for so long for no reason. Yeah. (laughs) Mannequins. (laughs) I've been talking to mannequins. (laughs) scene where they said the booby drop to me it was funny when you put it that way but I was terrified because <laughs> like the thought that they they have been watching him enough to know even during the day when he goes to talk to his mannequins they've seen it and they were watching him but they just couldn't come out into the light <laughs> um, is terrifying I think I agree I, uh, I'm imagining now that I'm looking at it through a lens of that it's a comedy <laughs> Two of the, I think they're called Dark Seers. Dark Seekers? Maybe, yeah. 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 Two of the zombies. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, before you get into uh, the story, right. <laughs> uh, Steph and I did get into a quote unquote argument of what is a zombie. Um, the fact that they can, uh, I guess zombies can also die. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about the difference between zombie being the undead and virus creating mutants because that's like a a lot of people push them together what do you Mm. think uh actually yeah when you put it like that yeah they're mutants i think zombies specifically have to be people that die and then like resurrect i disagree i think there could be two types of zombies the undead zombies that are more like the brain eating classic dragging their feet kind of zombies and then these kind of like uh haven't died but got turned into um, they lost their humanity. They are cannibals, pretty, and they chase down humans. I think I think that's a type of zombie as well. Well, listeners, what do you think? <laughs> you let us know on social media. Um, I I would love to have this like full on debate, um, but that might be for a different episode. <laughs> Um, you were uh, talking about looking at it in the lens of a comedy. Yeah, I, I just like uh, I just like the idea of two of the mutants 
like looking at the window and like, is that fucking guy talking to? He set up mannequins. What a loser! Why does he come in here? It's probably because he's racist. He's racist against mutants. Um, but yeah, the the fact that the mutants were sentient, I feel like could have been a slower reveal, mm-hmm. and that could have taken up the whole story. Yeah, I I agree. I think that could have been. Um, definitely an interesting especially I think you should mention the alternate ending because that was interesting to me with Will Smith realizing in trying to cure the virus he's been murdering people and that's the way the movie is now it's not addressed but he's killed all these people they're people (laughs) right Mm -hmm. yeah so in the alternate ending rather than Will Smith giving the cure to the other survivors and then sacrificing himself with a grenade, uh, he ends up acknowledging that the mutants are just trying to get their girl back, one of the dark seekers that he had recently kidnapped. And he does that. He gives the girl back and hands them an antidote. And the leader accepts both of them and leaves. And then Will Smith sort of looks at his wall of what now he views as his victims um, and realizes that he sort of, he tortured people to try to find a cure. Um, And Joe, you mentioned the name I Am Legend has a different outcome. Yeah, so uh, in that context, um, he is a legend to the mutants because they're basically, they basically view him as like a monster and have stories about him of how he comes and kidnaps and kills and tortures mutants. Um, and that's why he's a legend. Yeah, like Will Smith is the lore. Yeah. yeah. I'm interested in their sentience as well as they must have lost everything that they were as a human, right, in their past life and become almost like a new person, right, and form this whole other... Um, personality personality and relationships with these other mutants so that's interesting Mm -hmm. yeah like I don't think um, the main mutant and the girl that was kidnapped it was like a father and daughter relationship from when they were alive I think it was more of a father daughter relationship post mutant where they developed that relationship Mm -hmm. and where I run into issue with this storyline is the people eating because they went around eating everyone, but then once Will Smith returns, like, they, he doesn't get eaten. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and I think a lot of the this sort of um, exposition and in the news was speculation. So it could very well be that they assumed people were getting eaten, but maybe they were doing something else. Who mm-hmm. knows what it was? Yeah. <laughs> Surely yeah. better than being eaten. <laughs> Yeah, I do um, appreciate the the unreliable narrator aspect where, I mean, like we said, when Will Smith's like, no, everybody's dead, or he's saying all the mutants ate everyone that wasn't a mutant, um, is not necessarily true. Maybe it is, um, but I think that's an interesting aspect that could have been explored more if they went the route of isolation with a slow reveal that the mutants are actually sentient. Yeah. Yeah. But at the end of the day, 
Um, I definitely recommend I Am Legend, despite what it mm-hmm. could have been. I think what it is is still a worthwhile uh, thing to watch. Yeah, I agree. I think we're being, uh, I guess, so hard on it because lost potential is in a way more frustrating than a movie just being bad. Mm. Um, but like you said, this movie's great. Now streaming on Netflix. Uh, you had a Netflix account for everybody to... Yep, yep. Yeah. Johnny underscore nine one at... So I think we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about different types of apocalypse movies. Guys, has this ever happened to you? You're getting asked a question. Yes. Well, that's happened to me. Has the question ever been, do you get a monthly service that sends you fresh meats and fruits and vegetables once a month? People ask that of me all the time. What would you answer to that question? No, I do not subscribe to such a thing. All right. Well, if you let's say you do every month, you're racking up it's fresh, fresh fruits and vegetables and meat every month. All of a sudden, civil war. And the world ends, and you have to go underground, and all you have is this really perishable, fresh fruits, vegetables, and meat. I would have to consume that immediately. Exactly. And then you're going to run out really, really quick, and who knows how long the end of the world's going to be. Yeah, it seems like fresh food doesn't really make sense in the context of nuclear holocaust. Well, what if I told you that there's a new subscription service that could answer this question? Now that sounds like something I'd be interested in. Well, Steph, I think you're going to be interested in Hello Non-Perishable. This monthly subscription service sends you a box of cans of beets, tomato soup, cream of mushroom, and other non-perishable food items to really prepare you for nuclear holocaust. Wow, that's exactly what I've been looking for because my vault is empty. Exactly, and you can start filling up your vault because Hello Non-Perishable sends you one of these monthly boxes once a month until the end of the world. Wow, that sounds like a deal that can't be beat. Exactly, and listeners to the podcast can use promo code TWOBALDMEN to get 20% off their first month's box. So sign up today for Hello Non-Perishable. Boy, oh boy, I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready to go out and purchase those goods or services. Yum, yum. So, Steph, we wanted to open up this segment with asking the question, how long do you think you would survive in an apocalypse? Mm. Well... Yeah, I think you've definitely alluded a little bit to it. You've, you've said that you want to be patient zero. Yeah. So let's imagine you aren't. Okay, well, it definitely depends on the type of uh, apocalypse we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say zombie apocalypse, as soon as I know there's a zombie, I'm taking myself out. I'm not going <laughs> to be there to watch the descent of humanity, to be like... and and. By the way, not to just give myself over, because you know I'm not going to be the ones who, like, one of the last ones fighting through. <laughs> I'm not physically uh, ready for that, I don't think. I think that um, I would be eaten by a zombie for sure, and I don't want that to happen, so I would off myself. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think in a zombie apocalypse, my goal would be finding a group that would take me in. I don't think I would be one of the main characters to help the survival of the group, but I think 
I could find that group and be like, yeah, I could put in some work. Yeah, but then I'm a, who I'm can a, you trust? I'm a Herschel. I'm a Carl. Yeah. I can, uh... <laughs> I feel like the politics of post-apocalyptic <laughs> humanity is too much for me to handle. That makes sense. I think, yeah. uh... If we were to shift gears into maybe like a natural disaster apocalypse, yeah. like uh, tornadoes everywhere, mm-hmm. sharknadoes everywhere, a giant wave like uh, in San Andreas. Is that a giant wave or no? No, San, An- San Andreas is a, a fault line. So it's a giant earthquake. Oh, okay. And then like this city like cracks in half and only the rock can save the day. <laughs> Makes sense. Rock versus rock. Rock versus rock. <laughs> and, and then like maybe Geostorm. Which was a thing. Yeah. I think I could live as long as, like, I could. I don't think I'd off myself in that scenario. I think it'd be more like, oh, I really hope the government finds a solution before I die. Yeah. I definitely think, regardless, like, in any post-apocalyptic scenario, I wouldn't be like you were saying, like, a, quote, main character. I would be like, (laughs) oh, boy, somebody better figure this out and just wait for it. I think I'd be a, a a rogue, not a rogue. I'd be part of a group, but a new guy would come in and be like, "What's his deal?" Like he's so broody, and then just be like, "No, Joe gets hangry. You know, it's the end of the world, so like he's not allowed to eat anymore, and you know he's low blood sugar." Yeah, 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 yeah. So I probably wouldn't last super long, but <laughs> um, I really like one of the jokes in The Big Sick. Mm-hmm. where the main character mentions, like, I'm not one of the survivors of an apocalyptic story. Like, I'm one of the guys who dies so that the main characters <laughs> find out that something is wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that's where the majority of us lie. Not us, but, like, even our listeners. Sorry, listeners. I think... I don't think many of you are that strong. Okay, there, I said it. <laughs> hey, you don't have to be strong. Strength alone, <laughs> I don't think, could save you from apocalypses. Listeners, you're all strong in your own ways. <laughs> I meant mental strength, either. I don't think any of us are mentally strong enough for an apocalypse. <laughs> That's what I meant, too. Huh. Oh, you have to be physically strong. Like, what are, you, <laughs> are you kidding me? There's zombies out there, man. <laughs> Um, so, as we get into apocalypse movies, um, let's break it down. Apparently, Hollywood or someone broke down apocalypse movies into three categories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there are disaster movies, apocalypse movies, and post-apocalypse movies. So, they seem to overlap, but the general categories we've kind of come up with is disaster movies are either world-ending natural disasters so right. like or like cataclysmic yeah so like tornadoes volcanoes earthquakes um your godzillas um or a self-contained disaster that isn't ending the world so uh the second vhs of titanic where the titanic sinks that's a disaster movie. Right. And I think San Andreas, I don't think that's worldwide, right? That's yeah. only affecting San Andreas. I would I would say so, yeah. But it's still considered like a disaster m- movie which could be categorized as apocalyptic. Yeah. Yeah. Um so apocalypse movies is more so seeing the spread of some sort of problem. More likely than not that's man-made. 
But at the very least, we see that it's slowly spreading and affecting people at different rates Mm -hmm. rather than everyone all at once. So that would include movies like World War Z, uh, Bird Box, War of the Worlds, maybe Independence Day. Mm -hmm. And then post-apocalypse is you're living in the world after that event's happened. So uh, I Am Legend, um, Parts of Bird Box, Mad Max... Quiet Place. Quiet Place. I thought you said Cars. <laughs> you know they, Cars. Because there's a theory <laughs> behind that. Yeah. <laughs> the Disney theory. <laughs> uh, yeah, and like Hunger Games, even The Matrix, those are all post-apocalyptic movies. Yeah. I think I could survive in a Mad Max world if I was like somebody's blood bag. <laughs> like they're like we keep you around to keep everyone else alive. I'm like, yeah, sure. Well, like whatever you say, man. Valhalla? <laughs> uh, yeah. Is that what you guys say? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah uh, I think in the post-apocalyptic world, if I didn't have to see the disaster type of thing, I think I could survive at least a little bit. Like I imagine, almost a. Lord of the Flies scenario. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily because we're all kids, but because there's no more government and we have to develop the government ourselves. I would want to participate in that. I don't think I'd survive in that, but I think I'd enjoy like a, all right, let's form a faction. Let's try mm-hmm. to overthrow this faction. Oh shit, I'm dead. <laughs> Part of why I like uh, the Fallout video game series so much is because um, you see... A bunch of different groups of people reacting to the apocalypse. So, like, uh, there's a gang. Uh, one of the games takes place in. It's called New Vegas. Um, so there's a gang of people that all dress and talk like Elvis because they yeah. see all these things of Elvis in Vegas, and so they think he was like a god, and so they dress like him, be like him. Um, and then there's another group of people. Um, called the Minutemen uh, in a game that takes place in Boston. So they dress up like they're in the Revolutionary War, but they're all like very altruistic and um, try to protect everyone else that's like weaker than them. Um, so you, you see a wide range of reactions to no government and no systems and stuff like that. Interesting. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, I, what, to what you were saying, I definitely don't want to be part of any sort of faction forming. <laughs> I think that... That's where the danger lies in the the post. Like, there's the disaster itself, which I definitely don't think I could live through. Um, just even if I technically could live through it, I think like the whole seeing death and like torture and and misery would really do me in. And then in the after the fact, if I was just plopped in and this is my world now, yeah. If if I had a safe little uh, you know group Abode. that keeps keeps to themselves. Um, that's how I would survive. I think I would... I think in that kind of post-apocalyptic world, other people are are danger. Interesting. I will say that if I was a woman, I'd be less likely to want to uh, partake in a post-apocalyptic world. I think, um, as far as I've seen through literature and media, uh, for some odd reason, when there are no rules, people are adamant that rape becomes a lot bigger of a deal. Um, Yeah. And I don't know if I believe that, but it's just, I guess, an easy storytelling device to see, like, look how far we've gone type of thing, which is horrible. That was something I had not considered. Uh, 
but it's a good point to raise. <laughs> um, Steph, I really agree with you uh, now that you bring it up. Um, once there's a f- once there are factions, that immediately causes tension. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I, in my, I my mind, sorry, goes to Mad Max, in which mm-hmm. the factions were, you know... Had a lot of different weapons, and it was... uh, I didn't like it. (laughs) I did like Mad Max. (laughs) Uh, My mind goes to South Park, where they do do a a Lord of the Flies-esque type of thing. Um, Cartman finds out that if you say that your parents molested you, (laughs) they go to jail. And then they have less rules to abide by. So all of the kids say that. All of the parents (laughs) go to jail for quote-unquote molesting their children, and now there's a Lord of the Flies-esque episode where they sacrifice each other. Like They basically play capture the flag until nighttime, and whoever wins, the other team has to kill one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and they don't explain how they get to that point. Um, a couple drives into town and is freaking out, and is like, what are you doing? And tries to explain to them like that, that you don't have to live this way and they're like oh I guess you're right I miss my parents yeah mm-hmm. it's been a long 28 days <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they're like what <laughs> um, that uh, episode is a spoof of Children of the Corn it's much better than the actual movie <laughs> uh, and thinking of South Park making fun of apocalyptic movies they also make fun of the core mm-hmm. um and the core itself was not a good movie. They uh, they get astronauts to build like a ship that's gonna drill into the core of the Earth in order to save it from exploding. Mm-hmm. Um, and the big memorable part is that the one black guy sacrifices himself, and he's the only like black character in the whole movie. And they <laughs> point that out in the South Park spoof, where Cartman is like, no, no, Chef, don't, don't sacrifice yourself. And Chef is like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm not going out there. <laughs> Please, Chef, you're the only adult, but that's not enough of a reason. <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> that's crazy, because there was another uh, apocalypse slash disaster movie. You're talking about Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> there were two. <laughs> uh that Jimmy Neutron episode and Armageddon with Bruce Willis, uh, where they had to send drillers to space to drill into an asteroid, an asteroid. to blow it up. Oh. Uh, I don't. Michael Clark Duncan's in that movie. I don't know if he sacrifices himself, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm pretty sure he's the only black character. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> um... I'm now thinking of The Day After Tomorrow. Let me tell you about the relationship I have with The Day After Tomorrow. I've seen it at least ten times. And not coincidentally, I've seen Super Size Me at least ten times. <laughs> Let me explain that connection. <laughs> In sixth and seventh grade, I went to Ridgedale Middle School. And for some odd reason, whenever a science teacher was absent, they would just put on The Day After Tomorrow. <laughs> Whenever a math teacher was absent, they would just put on Supersize Me. <laughs> and we'd watch it over and over again. <laughs> oh my god! And I was impressed by Day After Tomorrow the first time. I was not impressed the second time or any time after <laughs> that. 
The day after the Morrow thing makes sense for the science teachers. I think that was also probably around an inconvenient truth. Why would a math teacher play supersize me? Uh, there's a lot of, like, food nutrition facts that require a lot of math like the 2,000 calorie diet uh, and the uh, things like that. Yeah, this movie has numbers in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his weight increases. Yeah. They talk about his metabolism slowing. They, they show things via chart. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Uh, and so both of those movies have been ruined for me. And I will also point out that Super Size Me is allegedly not true. Um, there's a lot of new data that says that a lot of those facts were fibbed because a lot of people recreated the experiment. And it turns out your body just adapts. Uh. And it doesn't actually get to the extreme point that got had in um, Super Size Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting. interesting. Good news for me. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to answer the question... Which post-apocalypse would you want to live in? Um, So there are rules. So it has to be a specific media. So you can't say just, like, I'd want to be in a zombie post-apocalypse. You'd need to pick a specific zombie. Um, And then you are yourself. So you can't say, I want to be in Mad Max Fury Road because I would be Furiosa. You'd be... Oh, I'd be Doof Warrior. (laughs) And not because I know how to play any instruments. (laughs) But because he is having a blast. (laughs) He's my favorite character. Um, Before we answer what we want to be in, I want to rule out things that I wouldn't ever be in. Mm -hmm. Um, I would never be in a post-apocalypse that involves nuclear war or aliens. Um, because I think that's just too horrific for me. I think you pointed out never zombies. Never zombies. Um, really, for me, I think never anything where there's a, quote, bad guy. I definitely think, like, environmental apocalypses for me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I would never want to be in, like... Uh, a monster apocalypse. So I wouldn't want to be in like a quiet place where you have to learn rules of how to live um, and if you break them you die. Or like Bird Box. Or Bird Box. Um, That makes sense. Yeah, Yeah, I think I could survive in a rapture. Like if I was left after the rapture, I think I could uh, do it. Yeah, if I'm going up against other humans, I think I have a good shot. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So, okay, you guys, now that the rules are set and now that we've gotten certain criteria out of the way, what do you think? What movie or media or TV show would you want to live in? So, I would live in the Lego Movie 2 because it has kind of the Mad Max aesthetic, but the stakes are much lower. Um, Everyone's just kind of (laughs) rude. Um, I don't. I wouldn't be afraid of dying a Lego death, but I, I I do think that's a cool way to dress, and everyone has like souped up motorcycles and stuff. <laughs> Would you be afraid to get lost under the uh, laundry machine? Um, that's definitely a fear. Um, but you know, you're always gonna live in fear in an apocalyptic uh, hellscape. Okay. Um, I think 
if I were to drop into it, I would know of that danger. Mm. Whereas I think the Lego people didn't. Got it. So I'd be able to be like, I'm not going to... I'm not going to go the way of the washing machine. That makes sense. Um, but, you know, I'll pray to whatever god you subscribe to. And... That makes sense. Yeah, because it's still dangerous. There are still stakes. But mm-hmm. because you're Legos, you're kind of safe to a certain extent. Yeah. That's uh, smart thinking yeah. on your part. I'm very interested in the idea of stakes in an apocalypse movie. Because like, is, there, is there an apocalypse that could happen that's really low stakes that happened because everyone was just like, well, that doesn't sound so bad. Because... <laughs> I don't know, because that seems like I would want that one to happen, <laughs> but I can't think of, like, is, does an apocalypse mean the stakes are high? I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Uh, what What is, now that you've posed that question, it seems like, do you have some sort of answer where the stakes are at least a little lower than, than maybe the ones in I Am Legend? So, the one that I, my mind went to first was Adventure Time. Um... In Adventure Time, uh, it seems like they went through a pretty rough uh, apocalypse, you know? Definitely uh, bad times were had, but in the aftermath, uh, things really seem to pick up. Um, They have candy people. I'm into that. Candy, (laughs) a whole candy kingdom, in fact. Um, The people seem nice enough, for the most part. You know, there's some antagonists, but they can be talked to, you know? It definitely seems like a world I could uh, jive with. Now, Steph, you enjoy eating candy. Do you think it would be a conflict of interest to live amongst candy people? I guess to live amongst them. But don't candy people also eat candy? I think they have non-sentient candy that you yeah. can eat. Oh. I don't think it's like a every time you want to eat candy, you have to sacrifice a life. I think there's mm-hmm. other options. Okay. Uh, I think that's something Adventure Time should explore then. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there's just murder behind the scenes. <laughs> you guys should look into that. Um, Adventure Time's a great answer. Um, their apocalypse is truly horrific. Uh, they show it through a couple episodes. Yeah, yeah it's pretty um, rough. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, the aftermath, you can learn how to be a wizard. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. There's superpowers to be had. There's, uh, you know, mm-hmm. flame princesses to get to know. Okay. Yeah, I have Adventure Time on my list. I have not watched it yet. I've seen two episodes. The one that I really didn't like was Finn trying to become a normal person. And it just made me uncomfortable where, like, he just started... He was tired of people asking him for help because Uh, he was, like, the adventurous mm. kid. And so he tries to get, like, this job, and he, like, starts talking in monotone, and he gets a mustache... And he, like, rips off his hair. And it just made me uncomfortable. <laughs> this this specific character, I was just put off by. And I know that he's not normally that, so I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> um, Steph. Yeah. You mentioned, is there such thing as a post-apocalypse with very low stakes? I actually think I have the answer. <laughs> Tell me. I would want to be dropped into the universe of Wally. Wally. <laughs> Not on Earth, obviously. Yes, obviously. <laughs> because on... the stakes are too high. <laughs> yeah. I want to be dropped into a spaceship <laughs> where, and I specifically avoided saying uh, robots or artificial intelligence because I think robots are more reasonable than humans. They're cold and calculating, and I get why Will Smith and I, a robot, doesn't like that, but. 
I think they will be better off rulers when it inevitably occurs. And I think I just have to listen to their rules. And gotcha. in Wally, the rules are don't do too much. I can abide by that. <laughs> yeah. Whatever can, you say. Yeah, eat, watch TV. <laughs> It'd be weird that if I tried swimming, they'd be like, wait, what are you doing? But I could get used to it. Yeah, I definitely think I'm pretty jealous of that answer because I definitely think that sounds, in terms of apocalypse, pretty ideal. <laughs> Yeah, we talk a little bit about uh, the idea of free will in our Russian doll episode, and I think that's where the fear of robots taking over comes from, of like, I don't want to have to live by robot rules, or there's the assumption that robots will say, humans are inferior, therefore we're just going to kill them all. I think Wally might be a more realistic outcome, where the robots are going to be like humans, like, don't you use your legs, and... <laughs> There would be a great number of us that would be like, finally, robot, (laughs) you get me. (laughs) I just think, yeah, I would lose a little bit of free will, Mm -hmm. um, and I do have to abide by their rules. But, like, the worst consequence is an unhealthy lifestyle, which we all do anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So there there we have it. That's how I feel. Yeah, I... uh... I think really we we all picked some winners. I think um, I think in so. terms of apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, when you compare what we described <laughs> yeah. in terms of well, this is a disaster apocalypse and post-apocalypse and our answers, we uh I was hiding mine. I didn't want you guys to steal my answer and uh I'm I was surprised by your answers. I was like, "Oh, those are lower stakes." <laughs> I will say though, when they return to Earth and they plant that's going to be a nightmare. Uh, yeah, like yeah, rebuilding yeah. the earth. That's, That's true. true. So if you can get right in the sweet spot of <laughs> robot cruise ship. <laughs> um, I did. So when I was a child, and when we're, t- we're talking about stakes here, and I hadn't heard of apocalypse movies, or the apocalypse, in my mind, the apocalypse meant the world is over. You mm-hmm. know, the world is done. The world maybe explodes. The world is no more. So... When people talked about post-apocalypse, rebuilding, surviving the apocalypse, I didn't understand. I thought, that. what are you talking about? <laughs> That's impossible. Do it's you, over. It's do done. Do you mean, like, bacteria growing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah, once, uh, in my mind, apocalypse got reduced to, like, oh, people die... <laughs> It didn't seem as bad. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, it's all over? Okay, yeah. (laughs) That'll do it for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Please tune in next time when we talk about Moana and Wanderlust. If you liked us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at two underscore bald men and find us on Facebook. And don't forget to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. Thank you all again, and if you were driving, we hope you got to your destination safely and on time. <laughs>